Good afternoon, Black family. Hayes here and Nini. Well, yesterday I was supposed to do volume four of Green Eyed Monster, but fell asleep. So getting it out now because there's only one more after that. Then I'm done with this backstabbing motherfucker. But today's topic. I mean, every fucking time. She, how many times she gonna let it ring before she gets it? And I'm curious on what she doing. Mm, she got it pretty fast that time. <laughs> she answered it. Yep. Anyway, today's topic. Her name is Sandy. This was my last, uh, my uncle's last American black girlfriend. This is the one that uh, put all his secrets out. And so Sandy worked at the plant, at the hydromatic plant. She also had this, uh, the Simmons family, Sandy Simmons and shit. She had this sister named Pat. And um, Julia stayed across the street as their brother stayed across the street from Bobby and shit. So they all worked at the plant. And so he started fucking around with Sandy and shit. And, you know, she had a little apartment uh, over in Sunny Sunnydale. It's called something else here on Heights now, but it was uh, Sunnydale back in the 80s. And uh, she had this daughter about my age and everything, but she was a little real brat and shit. Her name was Keisha. Mm. Anyway. Bobby and Sandy took us all to this uh, hydromatic plant uh, toy drive or toy giveaway. It was around Christmas time. It was like three days before Christmas and shit. So we all up there and shit. And so you could get each child could get two toys and shit. So we did all that, you know, in the line and shit like that. And we had a. a multitude of people there of all races, right? Because, you know, everybody worked at the plant at that time. Plant's closed now. But anyway, we got our toys and everything. And my first sign of trouble was this argument they had about, you know, I mean, the rule was you could only get two toys. Why Sandy thinks that she could get three toys for a little bitch-ass daughter? I don't know. That's just probably that feminine bullshit that she was on. But, uh. Other than that, yeah, the argument went on for quite a while, and uh, they dropped me off first, but little Bobby said that that shit went on until the end of the night and shit. Didn't come to no blows, just a lot of arguing and shit, calling names, shit like that. Not cooking for the nigga, shit like that, you know. But to speed up two more years, the trouble really started. No, he trying to move on and shit. This bitch won't let him go. So this bitch, one day, Bobby ain't fucking around with her and shit. And she driving by the house, driving by his house. She went ahead and came on over to a grandparents' house, his parents' house, looking for him. This bitch was drunk as hell. Probably a little high on that blow, too. I could tell. 
and uh and this bitch was just like and tell your son to he can come and get his shit since he won't answer none of my calls seems like he's avoiding me and then she turned around head back to the car and then she turned around real fast and was like oh and tell that little nasty motherfucker and shit uh there won't be no more sex always wanting me to stick my finger in his ass as he's fucking me my granddaddy looked at my grandma and shit and i was like uh i'm just around i'm coming around the corner right from the backyard and i'm just now hearing all this and um then the grandparents saw that i heard the shit and she mosey on down to the car and got in the car and sped off granddad was like gone in the backyard and play but nobody back there i went back there anyway <laughs> bobby came over later on that night of course they told me go to my room I don't know what they talked about, but I can tell you now years down the line why my grandfather invested so much time and energy into me because he saw that his son was a pansy-ass faggot that had homosexual tendencies, and that's how he contracted the A, not the A's, the herpes, and then contracted it to his Trinidadian bush bitch. So that's that how that happened. And that's volume four. Last volume be coming in a few days. It'll be here before New Year's. A black family. If you got real family, cherish those. And uh yeah, I know it's a short one, babe. And I ain't got much to say about Sandy because I didn't really like Sandy. Fuck Sandy. Fuck Bobby. Oh, that was Sandy. Yeah, that Why was Sandy. Tell the other stories about the other people. Uh, the what the ones that he burned and shit. Yeah, the other people that were how, how he got the herpes. How the other the other woman told that that um had nothing else to say. Oh well, just nothing substantial. But yeah, uh -huh. with the herpes and shit, he burned a couple sisters and shit, and that came back. And let his uh Trinidadian Bush bitch know that he's stepping out on her and shit. And the motherfucker got scared like the bitch was gonna send him up the creek and shit. Oh, Geneva said something about him too. Yeah, yeah, Geneva said something. His uh his son's mother. That uh of course, you know, Bobby was conceived by rape in right, on, on the hood of the Pinto, and uh that's how little Bobby got here. And yeah, he was real abusive to Geneva and shit like that, hitting her upside the head with the butt of the gun and shit. Some real pussy ass shit. He sent that same son to the penitentiary for a hot Glock, 70, $7,500 reward. And then some years later, sent me to the pen for three years for having a broken goddamn stun gun. I think he got. $2,500 for that. Yeah, he's a paid informant. Real bitch boy. He was the number one informant of that big hydromatic drug bust back in the 90s. Mm -hmm. And you know what? About this time, some of those people that got sent upriver, they should be getting out soon. 
This is why I'm changing my last name. Because they're going to be gunning for that motherfucker. But yeah, crime don't pay. Neither does Brown knows him to the man. And being jealous of your own nephew and your own son. That don't make you a man. Makes you a faggot like what your daddy knew what you were. Bitch ass nigga. Hayes out. A large part of why people do it is giving gifts is fun, especially for children. There's the anticipation, the person tearing at the wrapping, having no idea what they're going to get. And then there's the look on their face if you guessed correctly and gave them exactly what it was that they really wanted. It's the same principle that makes game shows so popular. But the reason that you engage in a particular activity is at least as important as the activity itself. Now, a lot of you say it's because of religion. You celebrate Christmas because of religion. And you're right, but have you ever asked why? I'm not talking about the roots of the holiday itself, but I'm talking about why you do it. Naturally, religion is a really touchy subject for black folks, but we have to stop being so opposed to discussing it. Or rather, we have to stop being opposed to discussing our part in it. When your oppressor teaches you that there's an omnipotent, all-seeing being who is watching you all the time, you better not divert from whatever he's taught you, or the very God you worship will punish you, that's a recipe for mental enslavement. Don't think, just obey. Fine, but obey who? Even in the Bible, God allowed the prophets and saints to ask questions. In fact, he encouraged it. About the only thing that God punished was defiance in that regard. He didn't punish people merely making inquiries or asking questions, even pointed ones. But white power says don't ask any questions at all. White power is insidious. And the white supremacists understand and they've long practiced that they have to utilize every aspect of the society and weaponize everything in the society to keep the oppressed oppressed. And we've been taught to glorify the people who have held us in bondage, which means we can never truly fight against our oppression. It's time to break that programming. The entire point of religion is supposed to be to magnify the one being worshipped and to empower the worshiper. See, it's a two-way street, not a one-way road. Religion is a symbiotic relationship. You glorify your God, and in turn, the deity makes you more than you could have been on your own. If you want to have a celebration during wintertime, that's fine. In fact, that's something you're supposed to do anyway. See, one of the multitude of problems with white supremacy is that it's brought about this satanic idea that man is not a part of nature. They teach that man controls the earth, except they're talking about white men. They're certainly not talking about black ones. Because modern people have found ways to redirect waterways and to fashion things from what the earth provides, that basically means that man controls all of it. The earth has been broken to man's will. White supremacy has taken its own racial arrogance and hostility towards anything that isn't like them, and they've extended this contempt to the very earth itself. So they show no regard for black people. They also show no regard for the earth itself. In fact, they try to make defiling the planet seem valiant and proper when it's not. We live off of the land. We depend on it for every crumb of our daily bread, every drop of water we drink, and every breath that we take. All cultures have some sort of festival or party to celebrate the seasons because they're celebrating nature and the fact that we're a part of it. 
summer festivals, fall festivals, winter festivals, the spring festival. Seasonal festivals are important because they teach us to recognize and better appreciate the cycle of life, decline, death, and rebirth. The earth shows us a cycle in 12 months that for a human being takes several decades to play out. We watch as the leaves and the flowers and the very grass under our feet wither and die right in front of us. And then a few months later, we watch as it's reborn. That's important because it's the way the human beings are. We're part of this cycle too. The problem is when someone else comes along and teaches you to ascribe things to the seasons that you shouldn't. For example, if someone gets you to teach your children that every year some overweight white man from the coldest part of the planet is going to come to your house and drop consumer goods all over the floor, under white supremacy, that is indoctrinating black children to look to white power for all of their needs and wants. But of course, they also understand that they can only get that if the white powers that be are convinced that they've been good, read obedient. Santa Claus only shows up once a year. But the people who control the resources in this society look like him, so a black child will try to treat the dominant society like Santa Claus and attempt to get goodies from them by convincing them they've been very good. This is mental genocide. Black parents need to be responsible and teach their children the truth. The gifts that they get every year came from a black person. Take responsibility for your achievements and your contributions. Don't ever let someone else take the credit for what you did, especially not your own home. If you do that, what you're doing is you're ceding to white power the authority and respect that a black parent is supposed to have under their own roof. White power didn't make it a Merry Christmas. You did. Because when parents don't have the money to buy gifts or to splurge on a big Christmas meal, that child's not going to blame Santa Claus for what they don't have. They're going to blame their parents. And the white media is not going to do anything to take the attention off of you either. They don't put out any propaganda meant to make your child feel better about you not having the money to shower them with the latest gadgets or whatever. So if you're going to take the blame for lacking the resources to get your child these gifts or whatever, then you better make sure you take the credit too. Now, a lot of black parents go along with certain things simply because they don't want the child to feel, quote unquote, left out. But what does that even mean? Well, it usually means left out from whatever the white media and the dominant society say is important. So we indoctrinate our children to take up the traditions and customs of a hostile society instead of doing what we know we ought to do, which is to embrace and give rise to our own. And that's pretty much the crux of tonight's Sunday Christmas address. We need to talk about where tradition comes from. I don't mean the act itself or the particular observance. I'm talking about the word, tradition. Here's a not so fun fact. Did you know that the word tradition comes from the old Latin word tradere? The word tradere has two meanings. The first was when you hand something over. And the second definition is to betray. Tradere is also the etymological root of the words traitor and betrayal. So for those of you who were decking the halls and making merry a few hours or perhaps a few minutes ago, teaching your children a tradition, what you really taught them was a betrayal, not merely because I said so, but because the very people who brought you these traditions said so. White supremacy believes in duality, that there's two sides to everything. That's why they have no problem smiling in your face. Meanwhile, they're getting ready to stick that knife in your gut. They mentally hoodwink you. 
And now many of you have done that with your own children. These white corporations, they have a holiday season of their own too, but it has absolutely nothing to do with turkeys, snowmen, Christmas wreaths, or Christ. And just to show how different and separate and apart white corporate power is from you, these white corporations' holiday season doesn't begin on Thanksgiving Day. In fact, it begins after Thanksgiving, the day after Thanksgiving, not the day of. Black Friday. They call it that because that's the time of the year that they can get their books out of the red and into the black. Black Friday is pretty much the only example of white power ascribing anything positive to the word black. So the irony across the board is excruciating for those who pay attention. And more than that, white power pushes products at you off and on from November all the way through tax season. First, they tell you that you have to buy things from them because it's the holidays. And even if you're not going to buy something for yourself, then buy their products and give it to family and friends, regardless of if they need it or not. Then they say, ring in the new year. And what's the new year's resolution going to be? Every corporation says buy their products. That's your new year's resolution. And right after January 20th, they begin telling you to go file for your taxes so you can get your tax return and then give it straight to some white corporation. And they've got plenty of things that you can give them money for. Valentine's Day, Super Bowl, hey, you got to get that 75-inch TV for the big game. And right after the Super Bowl, they're talking about spring break. Or the car dealerships are pushing hard at you that you need to take that refund and go ahead and do a down payment on one of their vehicles. It's always the right time of year to give white power your money. Oh, yeah, these white corporations can ride that horse practically into the summer. You get happy about five days out of the year. White power is on a roll for five months. You celebrate. These white power brokers celebrate. You celebrate all the money you spent on buying things, and they celebrate all the money that you spent with them. This is what Brother Khalid Muhammad meant when he said, you start off the holidays going ho, ho, ho. And for the next couple of months, you oh, 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 everybody. White power doesn't operate the same way you do. It's not their job to celebrate the season. It's their job to get you to do that. A lot of the holidays are actually made up by corporations to begin with. Valentine's Day, Father's Day, Mother's Day, St. Patrick's Day, Earth Day. These are days made up by companies. But because they have so much money, they can buy airtime with white media. They can take out newspaper ads and television commercials telling you to celebrate this or that to the point that you think buying dad some socks for Father's Day or buying mom some shoes for Mother's Day is more important than spending time with them. We put more thought into what gift we're going to buy than we do into the people that we're supposed to be buying them for. We're swept up in the pageantry and trying to be part of something because we don't want to be left out. No surprise, what we're not trying to be part of is a community, or in some cases, even a family. Look, this isn't about whether or not you stand under a mistletoe, or if you hang a wreath, or even if you decorate a tree. This is about power. To be honest, I don't care if you do. What I'm trying to say is teaching your children to cherish Santa Claus, who literally looks like every plantation owner you've ever seen, only with a red coat and black boots, that's teaching your children to be powerless in the face of white power. And it's not just old Saint Nick you need to be on the lookout for either. This time of year is all about consumerism, and black people lead the league in consumption. We buy everything, but we manufacture nothing. We watch TVs that we didn't make and didn't sell, 
And on these holidays, we're watching the big game on TV with sports teams that we don't own. A mental migration away from this learned betrayal is what's called for. That's why I push the fact that this time of year needs to be our holy days. Dr. Chancellor Williams, Dr. Ben, Dr. Clark, Dr. Francis Chris Wilson, Colin Muhammad, Dr. King. Sure, there's plenty more, but this time of year should be one where instead of reflecting on what consumer electronics we're going to buy or what party we're going to be going to, ceremony or whatever that we're going to observe, what we need to be doing is refocusing on our master teachers and the lessons they taught us. And we need to be giving those lessons to our children, not teaching them to revere and look up to the image of white power, but to look up to and look for support from other black people. The Bible says that charity begins at home and then spreads abroad. What you do in your home matters. You can see the fakery as well as anyone else. That's part of the reason why so many of these holidays are marked by alcohol and revelry. It's meant to get you anesthetized. You're drunk or in a food coma or dancing and singing or watching the game. You're distracted. The one thing you're not doing is thinking. Or do you think it's some sort of accident that this time of year happens to be the time when suicides spike? You don't really know what it is you're celebrating. Or why? I'm not asking you to do anything other than to look at what it is you're doing and ask, does this empower me? Does it empower my children? Even if all the white media screams that it does, even if they carpet bomb you with propaganda whose entire purpose is to make you think you're being left out, do you have the strength of character to say no to something that doesn't honor and elevate you? That's what I want you to start doing. What I want us to start doing. We have enough spiritual courage and intellectual honesty to begin doing things meant to benefit only us. Dr. Ben talked about that. A lot of black folks were so jolly in the behind when the federal government declared a holiday for Dr. King. But Dr. Ben said that instead of begging for a day, black people need to start taking a day. Dr. Ben, as with so many other things, was absolutely right. And that's why I make it a point to commemorate our holy days during December and January. And beyond that, you got days like May 19th, Malcolm X Day, as I call it. White power doesn't recognize these days, and that's good. Because it means that honoring our heroes for ourselves is an act of personal and group self-determination. We are elevating them because we chose to. If something is only important to you if white power says it is, that's thinking like a slave. Over here in black empowerment, we cherish the revolutionaries, freedom fighters, and professional troublemakers. Not good twelve, but bad trouble, the kind that changes things. And speaking of change, you can begin with yourself and your family. Start practicing a tradition and stop practicing betrayal. Good evening and be one. I'd like to take a moment to mention some of our contributors. Porter Walker, Sherman Marshall, Eric Bailey, Courtney Thomas, and Zachariah Williams. Salute to them, and thank you to everyone for listening, liking, and sharing this message. Black empowerment only exists because of you. We'll re-